And we're live. We're a, a delayed version of live. <laughs> we're recording a bit later today. Well, not today, this week, because we were waiting for the Apple thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have to wait a whole week or potentially two weeks to talk about it. Uh, there's no, there's no goodies to talk about. Um, I watched it. Was a, I think it was the, yeah, it was the first time I was part of like a Apple keynote viewing party oh okay <laughs> that's fun i mean i don't know if it's fair to call it a viewing party but a bunch of indie devs ios indie devs uh, in amsterdam we got together uh in uh, someone's office um and we had a projector going and we ordered some food and and it was nice and i left the house right <laughs> i didn't have a baby around for once and it, it was it was nice it was it was cool to watch it with other nerds right um so that was fun yeah Nice. Very cool. A cool event. I watch it on my Apple yeah. TV as every other <laughs> Apple event. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. Good. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Um, it was like we, we kind of did a little pre-flight thing when we talked about we were discussing how we're going to go uh, about talking about this event. And I feel like we don't really want to go every bullet point, every little feature and product announced because I'm really only interested in talking about the iPhone 14 Pro. In the Apple Watch Ultra, and I feel like you feel the same, right? Yeah, like there's nothing you can do to make me care about the iPhone 14 and the <laughs> Apple Watch Series 8. <laughs> really, like I do not care. I wasn't going to try, but okay, good to know. Any of these products, <laughs> so. that's good because I I also couldn't care less. I mean, I think I was a bit into AirPods Pro. Um, mm. I there was like rumors of a redesign like they're gonna go you know lose the stem which that would be interesting to see that didn't happen it was mostly you you they brought back some touch capacitive thing on the stems which is welcome uh for volume and stuff and the 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 case is like there's you know has speakers and whatever it wasn't okay it's good yeah it feels like a big upgrade for the case <laughs> Yeah. For Good I mean, case. yeah. Other, <laughs> this other is your that, year. I mean, I think the the noise canceling. Uh, I think they did. They say like t- cancels Two twice. Times. Yeah, yeah. As much sound like that seems huge. Um, yeah. So that's cool. But I'm not really running out to upgrade mine. I think mine are totally fine. I'll keep using them for a little bit more <laughs> until at least the Same. the battery is just gets to a point where it's not usable. But um, yeah. Same. For now, it's like I, I do want to give a I do want to give a shout out to the fact that they have a new extra small little rubber tip. Yes. Because uh, uh, Deb's like she can't use iPod Pros or even the the regular size one. Like she mm. struggles with because her ears are too small and so it won't fit. It's not a good fit. So jury's yeah. still out. I wonder if the extra small is small enough for her, but. Uh, <laughs> But good that they're adding more options. Yeah, I also have <laughs> ears pretty are weird. small ears, and so it made me it made me wonder if the the extra small is mm. might might actually be a better fit for me. Um, Do so, you use the small? I ones? use the small ones right now. Yeah, got it. And they're like okay. Are AirPods Pro the world's most comfortable in ear headphones for me? No. So that's okay. why I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I'd be I'd be curious to try the the extra small, but obviously, <laughs> I don't think that's the sort was, of thing you could try in the store. <laughs> yeah, I always wondered, like, can you? Because on one hand, like, it's the one thing you need to try before buying them. You need to try them on, right? But it's kind of gross. If, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
wasn't there a thing in I think when they were introduced or something, or maybe it was the AirPods, just not Pro, just the normal AirPods, where there were people like walking. I heard the story like people, there were Apple employees working on uh, walking around with them on trays <laughs> like appetizers. Then people <laughs> would like pick them up and then try them, and then once they were done, they would like put them back on the tray and it would kind of go in the back and I don't know, clean them to like bring oh my God. a fresh new batch where people will try. I may have invented this story, but I feel like I've heard this somewhere. It's like a false memory at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Stainless steel maybe, maybe little, do that. little plates with toothpicks. Like, yes, like yes, that's exactly the, the image. That's in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh yeah it's i'm not rushing to buy one um did you see the heli r of course cameo? i i uh, noticed i it. missed it no, i noticed it right on the spot um and i i tweeted about it but by the time i tweeted about it there were like four or five people in my timelines that already caught <laughs> it, it so too slow um but yeah cool. that, was, that was a neat little uh, cameo uh apple watch series 8 boring i mean i mean it's nice they're small improvements but i feel like the apple watch has really plateaued a bit in terms of innovations like it's it's small iterative thing year after year uh i think the big one was the body temperature sensor thing which the only practical use for it i feel like today i feel like they are only confident in using it for um ovulation cycles and menstrual cycles Mm -hmm. and stuff so so it's not like it won't alert you if you have a fever uh, it doesn't yeah. feel like, and um, it seems like you have to wear your watch at night because um, mm. my guess is that's where your temperature right, may be the most stable. So, and when like your body relaxes and whatever the your I don't know your vessels, whatever they did add a little graph and like you get warmer, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> effectively, and maybe that heat will reach your wrists <laughs> where we can then <laughs> measure it. Yeah. yeah. So it is nice. It's like the uh, the up- updates to Apple Watch at this point, uh, with the exception of this new model, which um, I feel like they are not worth an upgrade, I feel like. But it's like when you need an Apple Watch, uh, it's always good. Like, you know, assuming that it'll last you a couple of years, like when you need a new one, then it's you'll it'll be a good upgrade you'll, you'll feel it but i feel like year after year there's no at least for the past three years i haven't seen like the the one feature that i'm like i have to have that yeah um, i mean the last big feature was always on in my opinion yeah like, agreed i like agreed anything else even last year's slightly rounder and bigger display like it, that alone is also up. Yeah, like I have it, all right, because I was upgrading from a non always on model that was like many years old at that point. Always off display. Yeah, <laughs> show title. Um, and uh, so I have the bigger screen. Honestly, I do not notice it at all in any <laughs> daily use. Maybe if I went back. I would notice a little bit, but I do think because the background of the watch is black most of the time, you kind of can't see where the borders are really. So right. unless you're using one of these uh, photo watch faces, most of the time you really don't notice it. Or like, even the- it's nice to have it, it, you know, if you're upgrading for another reason. Yeah. But I would exactly. not that, really that's- say that this 
at least for me, like ranks as a primary reason to use it. Although the one thing I don't know, and maybe you can tell me, is um, I don't know if that's the only watch that has the keyboard or if you have it on point. other models. Because the keyboard for replying to text messages, like I've used that a couple times, um, and that's been much better than the other scribble methods. So, uh, Yeah, I don't have a keyboard, so I assume... That's why. Yeah, so that, I, I would say, is probably, like, the one difference. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like, <laughs> again, m- most people probably don't care about that. I, I, I want to say, though, I don't think it's a uh, inevitable thing, though. Like, I don't think it's like, oh, Apple Watch has just, like, reached that point where it doesn't, it doesn't need any big upgrades. Like, I think Apple Watch could definitely... Uh, like deserve more up- updates for more things that it should be like it should be thinner it the all screen uh, the always on display should definitely always be getting brighter i really wish that they would get to a point where there's not much of a difference between when it's on and when it's off essentially because i often see like some in a lot of contexts like if the watch is too dim um it's a fashion item like you need an ultra (laughs) yeah it's a fashion item also so like new band types and new band styles um i think are would be a big new thing for the watch which just seems like they've done none of that for series eight so there are don't get me wrong there are new bands or updated bands but it's mostly just like new colors for existing styles so. Yeah, I feel like every year we got like one or two. Like we had, we got the that woven thing. I don't know what they call it uh, last year, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which I which good, you know, great success. I think I feel like that one that one was a hit. Solo um, loop as well. Yeah, but, although solo loops durability is not great. Like mine, I've never seen one in a while. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it gets uh, shiny yeah, I mean, on the edges, which is weird. Oh. Um, so weird yeah I, I don't want to like make excuses for them they don't need it but it feels like the apple watch is such a constrained device and always was like the first version was already too slow to you know better life was awful so even on version one they had to fix problems for version two if that makes sense instead of like trying to make it even better um and it's it feels like it's so constrained that year after year is not enough time for technology to allow for yeah. like, meaningful uh, updates like like making it thin we we want it to be thinner and also better battery life you know yeah. like oof those two sound contradictory <laughs> you pick one um but yeah but we can talk about like what 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 stuff are we getting yeah maybe we'll leave that to the end if we're ordering anything but yeah yeah series eight but they did the ultra one i was not um i mean so there was leaks there were rumors. We knew we've heard about a more rugged, like thicker, hardcore model. Um, I did not expect them to lean so hard on the like extreme sports, extreme physical activity type of thing, like that type of market. It feels like it's such a, um, you know, it's such a small market. <laughs> How many people do you know that uh, go in the Sahara Desert? Um, <laughs> but like, they really nailed. It was not like this is a rug, 
rugged version, like you connect the dots. If you're one of these athletes, you might want. No, they were like targeting that. The whole packaging feels like it's very much inspired and honoring those type of uh, uh, consumers, users. Uh, and it's, uh, I'm let's just say this: I'm surprised that they tackle this market. <laughs> mm. um, I'm. I would say I'm not. Um, mm-hmm. It is obviously like typically not necessarily like the first market that apple usually caters to but just thinking about in my life in my circles um who are the people that i know that care and nerd out about watches the most there are two categories of people there's the people who like have nice fancy watches right the like i don't know like I'm not a wa- really a watch person, but like the Rolex or whatever, like these fancy high end yeah. watches. And the second category is folks that have these like truly very ugly <laughs> Garmin watches for like yeah. running or like doing these these advanced things. And it seems like that kind of model is really targeted at folks that are using something like a Garmin watch again i don't know the model names or or anything Mm -hmm. like that but so it doesn't sound entirely surprising to me that this is a this is a market that apple is entering into because like it seems and even just like i tweeted some things about this and like got tons of replies from from people it seems like the the folks that are using these kinds of watches are very passionate about their watch (laughs) um Mm. and so does it is the market for something like this as big as a market for an Apple Watch SE? No, absolutely not. Um, but I think in a way, those people are the watch power, the real watch power users. Uh, see, uh, yeah, that that does make sense. And once you know you you mentioned Garmin, like oh, okay, yeah, that's the other, like that's the one other smart watch. A manufacturer that has a like actually competes with Apple Watch and beats Apple Watch in a lot of markets. Yeah, right. All the other like Android based smartwatches, like well, yeah, there's people who use them, and you know there are some of them, but they're definitely losing against Apple Watch in terms of market share and uh, reach and whatever. Um, yeah, but those more extreme Garmin watches are the ones that like, yeah, Apple Watch isn't an, a true option for those users but i always and maybe i just don't know enough about this market but i've always seen garmin watches for athletes in this this ultra is not really marketed at athletes although they do mention some of those like mm-hmm. more like runners and stuff but it's more like i don't know what you call it like adventurers yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> i'm climbing the mountain and i'm diving the in the ocean and i'm like in this in the desert or whatever and i'm i don't know uh yeah, so it so it's not really targeted at runners. Uh, I think the the Series Eight is even more targeted at runners, at least in their ads, than this one is. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I what, what do you think of it? Like, what? How does it make you feel? I mean, I do think <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how well that watch resonates with people. I mean, the longer battery life is nice, but I know I've heard like gotten several mentions from people. Ah, it's not as mm-hmm. the battery life is not as good as my Garmin watch or whatever. Like, I think people are have very clear expectations of what these products are, or like how well they connect to other sensors, for example, that people are using while running or like doing different things mm-hmm. or. If you're 
skiing or whatever, you know. So I, I do think it's a maybe particularly picky crowd of people that need a lot of spe- very specific features. So I don't know how well uh, like a product like this will be able to meet all of their needs. And if you can't r- really meet all or most of the needs, then people will just keep using whatever they're using. Um, but you asked about what I think about it. Um, it's interesting, right? Because we saw the leaked like 3D renders. Are there like leaked 3D models and then someone made some renders out of I them? I ignored it. I didn't see it. Yeah. Um, I'll try to dig up the link for the for the show notes, which like in those early renders obviously did not look great in my opinion. Uh, looked a little weird, but given the timing of them and the and the sourcing of them seemed uh, like obviously right, and it, it turned out that they were right. Um, except you know, there's so so much difference in like just this is the 3D model. And this is yeah. what the actual product that's like fully rendered and like properly uh, like modeled as as a real product. Um, and I actually, so this watch is definitely not for me, right? <laughs> the, the more the most sport I, I do is like uh, go down the stairs to, to like pick up our groceries or whatever. Like it's just you know, I don't I don't really do much sport that would warrant anything like this. Um, but I think it, I actually think it looks great. Like it's a, it's a very specific style of watch, but I just, I just find that it looks really interesting. And the more I see images of it in, in the hands-on area, the more I'm like, that's actually a cool look. Like I, it, mm-hmm. it makes me think of, you know, those G-Shock style watches that it's like it's gonna be a big watch and it's like supposedly rugged or whatever but like it it just becomes a style that people like and so i actually like the style even though i feel like i need none of the function the actual functionality (laughs) that this this watch has i feel like i should start talking first because you just steal all my talking points but uh yeah (laughs) a hundred percent uh my my initial reaction like Ooh, chunky, not for me. I prefer things a bit, you know, smoother and classier and like a bit, you know, sharper. And this is just too much that I don't need. So it kind of was against my own, I don't know, aesthetic preferences, if you will. Um, and I saw it as they were, they were explaining it and telling me about it. Like, this is a utilitarian, like extreme weather, like build for whatever. And then after I'm past that and I just see people wearing them. And I'm like, yeah, this is now a style. I started looking at it just like, oh, this is a like a style. Like, like uh, the 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 world of watches is already so diverse. Like, there's no like every watch is trying to use the same shape or whatever, which is something we've been accustomed with Apple Watch. It's always that same shape. So actually, the world of watches is very diverse, and there's a lot of watches. There's small watches. There's big watches. There's chunky ones. There's very you know thin ones. There's and there, it's also part of it plays into people's preferences so to recap i initially saw it as like chunky because it's utilitarian and it's for athletes and whatever and after a while i saw chunky as like a big watch style yeah and in that big watch style i think it does look cool uh i do 
I have to say, I, I'm a sucker for like large screens. So the fact that this screen is even larger um, and flat, I like that's like I would want to use that. Yeah. Like uh, it looks cool to use. And the uh, finish the, the, of the titanium looks really interesting. Like I think it looks hmm. really good. I need to see one in person. I don't think I've ever saw that the previous series what seven six whatever the one that had a titanium mm-hmm. option i never saw one in, in real life yeah that one was brushed um mm. and i personally didn't love it that much okay i mean it was sort of in between the stainless steel and the aluminum watch it just it was fancier but didn't feel fancy <laughs> to me mm. um okay Whereas this, I find that the the finish shines a lot more, and then you have the the chamfered edges on the flat screen that kind yeah. of like bring a a little shine to it. Like I, yeah, I just feel like that's a much more successful usage of the titanium finish. Um, so yeah, I and it's surprisingly really like light. It. Apparently, mm-hmm. people keep saying that, which is another thing that I mentioned. Yeah, and I'm very curious about. It's probably mm-hmm. the one biggest downside to the stainless steel watches is i find it a little heavy (laughs) you know i wish this was wasn't as heavy so and when people say like oh it's surprisingly light i wonder if they they're saying it's surprisingly light for its size or are they actually saying that it's you know it it may be lighter than even the stainless steel apple watch series 8 i don't know but I guess we could check this. No, they don't have the spec sheet. Yeah, there, the there weight must of be the some watch. sort of specs somewhere. But I do think it looks better in real pictures than it does in app, any of Apple's renders, <laughs> which is kind of interesting, right? Like the renders mm-hmm. are meant to be generally the beautiful shots. But I find like every real world picture that I see of this watch looks way better, way better than than any of their um the renders it's like the renders don't really capture how the titanium material catches the light and reflects things um so yeah it doesn't give you the the right uh, <laughs> the right idea of what what this watch is like uh, so the the it's 61 grams um compared to let's say the 45 mil in stainless steel that's 51 grams so it's still a bit heavier than mm. than that but i guess because it's so much b- b- larger there's more volume right. to it it feels lighter maybe yeah 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 but yeah okay yeah so it is actually heavier but it's literally twice as heavy as uh the se <laughs> like 44 wow no yeah. <laughs> um I think, and one of the things too that I feel like we have to talk about with this watch are the bands. I'm so incredibly jealous of these bands. <laughs> I guess we could, like, wouldn't they fit the regular, the, the Series 8 or no? Presumably they would. Um, the one thing is the, the lugs, the thing that go into your watch are titanium. And so they uh, wouldn't really match the case. So that's kind it. of the downside. <laughs> Yeah, they look really cool. I, 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 whatever, you know, whoever's working on their uh, watch band team, so cool. I mean, this this feels like it's innovation. You know, I don't know. I don't know enough about this world. Maybe this is like, no, nah, they're just doing the same bands that all these Carmen are doing. But love it. I, I think it's cool. I, I love the 3D renders <laughs> in the videos. Like, 
they zoom in so close on those yeah. bands <laughs> it looks really good yeah, yeah that orange one looks amazing and there's the other like thinner one that looks really cool um i like the the ocean one the yeah yeah the ocean one looks looks really nice too i wonder i feel like this one would probably not fit me because it just looks very large and i just i just can't see it looking right on me but but i agree that in theory like just love the side look right where you see all the holes in it and how the band attaches it's like wow Mm -hmm. so creative so cool and uh also i need to talk about the action button that's like the one thing well maybe not the one but the 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 most the biggest thing about this watch that would potentially change how you use it Mm -hmm. right it allows for more stuff not only like in certain apps you can use that for whatever like i think in the running workout race you can like start a new leg or whatever but also then you can customize that button right so i've seen you can start a workout you can i don't know open the flashlight app or something you can you can customize it to a shortcut so that can trigger a shortcut that's pretty cool and i'm as someone who probably is not going to own one of these like i'm jealous (laughs) um how many people do you think uh, are going to breastfeed while wearing one of these. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Do I need a booby track action button? Log of I mean, probably. I mean, if if I made a, a popular wa- uh, app for the watch, I would I would definitely have to get an Ultra. <laughs> yeah, I don't have. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, good thing mine aren't popular. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I love it. I I love it. Like, who knew? More buttons sometimes is cool. Yeah, um, and I mean, I, I think of the recent Apple products, um, it's it's a product that I'm not getting, at least at the moment, but that I've I've never been so excited to actually see one of these, these in the real world. Like, I really can't <laughs> wait to actually try one uh, and see, see what it looks like for real, because it, it looks really interesting. So, yeah. I I think if it wasn't... I think right now, the price is my biggest deterrent. Mm. But we can talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really want to see one in person. And see also, like, okay, we can we keep hearing that it's it's so big, it's so big. And then you see some, you know, pictures of people with them on their wrists. But there's something about watches and wrists that it's so different from person to person that I just... The, seeing pictures is I can't really make an informed decision just based on pictures yeah. like I need to see how it looks and feels on my wrist to you know really know because <laughs> otherwise like well you might have tiny wrists or huge wrists and <laughs> it's just different fits different totally um, yeah. the other thing I wanted to, to talk about just very quickly because I don't know much about that subject um, but mm-hmm. it's the um, I don't know how they call it like the diving mode or whatever you're, mm-hmm. You remember in the event they had the <laughs> this guy on the boat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that image stabilization, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> impressive. Because that was the the ocean was mad. <laughs> probably shot on an iPhone 14 Pro. Oh uh, yeah, action mode. <laughs> uh, uh, so this app is like Oceanic Plus, I guess. Um, yeah. This is this is designed by Apple, right? <laughs> There's no way this app is designed by by this company. Uh, p- 
first, I don't know. If I had to guess, I would say it's designed by the company because especially when they show the iOS counterpart, like, ugh, did not look good and did not. No, look. no, the iOS version, yes. <laughs> the watch version. Yeah. If I had to guess, I would say it's probably like Air, um, Apple, like, lent some engineers and designers to the team to work with them. Yeah. To, it's probably whatever they did with Nike for their app. Uh, I would guess it was something similar, right? Because um, the app looked amazing. <laughs> like, wow, looked really good. Um, and and I mean, every time I see an Apple Watch app running, especially a third-party Apple Watch app running, and I see it running like smooth animations, and like <laughs> it feels like it's working really well, I'm like suspicious. <laughs> like, what's <laughs> happening here? That's not my experience with Apple Watch apps. Right. Um, so what kind of privileges do you have? If you have, <laughs> you know, more access to the, I don't know. Is the OS, the, is there like a little flag? If it's this app, maybe don't kill it. <laughs> you know, let it let it borrow more RAM. Um, I don't know. But yeah, it looked good. And it, I don't think this was part of the app. I think this is a, a face I think, but when you could see the like the depth underwater, mm-hmm. like depth, and you could see, I don't know if you remember, you had like a water animation, like yeah. down the screen, and you would like you would see the resistance on the label, so they would push the water up and down. Did you mm. do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm playing with it on the the page on on Apple's website. You can oh, you where can is it? Oh, yeah, there you go. You like scroll up and I love that little that. detail in yeah. where like the label will never be partially covered with the background yeah. change. Exactly. So good. God yeah. damn it. And there is I mean you can walk through the transition, like it'll actually even the transitions is just like very cool. Yeah. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Yeah. I I um it might be one of those devices that like I don't own but I'm jealous. Like, I don't want to own it as in, like, this is my Apple Watch, but I would love to have one, you know? Yeah. But I'm not that type of person. I'm not going to have multiple Apple Watches, especially at this price. But it's one of those, like, ah, I wish. I wouldn't want to wear it every day, especially if I, like, wear it, you know, to bed and to do sleep tracking and stuff. This feels like it would be not the best device for it. Um, but, uh, yeah. man, if I ever plan a trip to the Himalayas or the Sahara <laughs> Desert... You bet your ass I'm, I'm ordering one of these. Right. It's like, this watch isn't designed for me, but I wish it was. Like, I wish I was the kind of person who could use this. Um, and Apple, also, I'll change. Fine. I'll be really into camping. I right. swear. No, I will never be into camping. Uh, <laughs> Glamping? No, but, uh, yeah. No, this, this looks great. And I hope that some of these ideas for bands make it into bands for other models of the apple watch you just know these bands are like 200 you know dollars each right yeah it's fine that's Mm. just like the price of apple's bands it seems like so yeah cool okay should we talk iphone but not iphone 14 let's do it (laughs) (laughs) this week's episode is uh once again sponsored by zeppelin and today we're going to do something a bit different. Instead of me telling you about Zeppelin, today we have, uh, we've got Josh, a developer advocate at Zeppelin, here to answer some questions. Uh, so we already talked about Zeppelin in the past, but Josh, what is Zeppelin? Hey guys, thanks for having me. Zeppelin helps teams bridge 
the gap between when a product has been designed to getting the product built in code. The industry likes to throw around the term design handoff to describe what we do. And some people think of design handoff as only providing technical specs for design, but we think it's much, much more. All right. So just for our listeners, just in case someone doesn't know, uh, can you tell us your, the Zeppelin's own definition of, of design handoff? Yeah, well, for us, design handoff is the moment after design creation and before development. So when designers send their work over to the development team to build. Designers need to communicate and present their designs to developers, so some of the basics for this include technical specs like dimensions, colors, and textiles. But the real challenge is showing developers exactly how the different screens fit together. For example, what are all the different user journeys someone can take in the signup flow, or which screens include reusable components, or even how to organize a given flow with 100 different screens. What are the biggest pain points in Design Handoff that you've identified today? Yeah, so designers are doing a lot of work to present their designs to the developers, and basically they need to prep all their design files for handoff. So take user flows, for example. They'll build arrow layers to show the user flow, and they build text box layers to add descriptions to the path logic right inside their design tools. And this takes a lot of time, and every designer does it slightly differently. So you have to end up putting your developers through design tool training, essentially. And there's another set of challenges around version control and source of truth. So developers need a locked design to build while designers are continuously iterating. And sometimes teams end up duplicating projects or pages or using Figma branching. But then keeping track of all these different versions becomes a big effort when you need to merge all these changes together. All right, so last question. I feel like you're setting me up, but I got to ask, how does Zeppelin solve these pain points that you just mentioned? So let's talk a little bit about design file prep then. Zeppelin lets designers automate and standardize their design file prep through the built-in features. So for example, our flows feature has built-in connectors and text labels, and these documentation elements aren't actually part of your design file, and what's really convenient is that they can actually stick to your screens when you move things around. The other issue I brought up earlier is version control. So when you need to finalize a new version of your design, you can publish that change to Zeppelin with a commit message, and in our versioning system, changes are published on a screen-by-screen basis. And in most design tools, it's all or nothing when you publish a new canvas. The last thing I'll just bring up is that unlike design tools, Zeppelin was built with developers in mind. Sometimes designers lose sight of the fact that their developer colleagues have to dig through layers nested inside of layers in Figma. Asking developers to go into Figma and try to understand the interaction between hundreds of screens is just as complicated as asking a designer go into a code base. And when teams use Zeppelin, not only do they save designers time, developer productivity also substantially increases. Well, thank you so much for dropping by, Josh. Uh, it's been great. Uh, and uh, a huge thanks to, to Zeppelin for, for once again uh, coming back on Layout and uh, sponsoring our show. Let's, uh, let's, let's go to the island. Let's go. <laughs> book flights to dynamic island i uh okay what was i want to talk about our reaction i'm gonna go first before you steal all my talking points. go for it um <laughs> we this was one of those moments that like it's rare these moments watching an apple keynote in where you really like blow away like you're just <laughs> surprised and giddy and excited about what you're seeing um because this this phone leaked like crazy we knew about the whole punch whatever you want to call it the pill we, we knew about it we even knew like exactly how big it was going to be we even knew that actually the safe area we have less actual space than the mm-hmm. previous not whatever i was not expecting to 
to care or be impressed even by this, right? I feel like it's probably going to be the same approach that Apple uh, took with the notch, which is like, what notch? Never mind that. You know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't don't talk about it. Hey, and developers and designers, don't even try being like being cute with the notch. All right, we don't want that. Forget about the notch. And here we are. Like the the reveal of this phone started, I think, with like the renders and the you know light scatter in the in the in the in the camera system, and then it flipped, and we saw the pill, and then you see the dynamic island. <laughs> Those animations, that that little video reel, I was so excited watching that like such cool i love everything about this and like we can talk about the fact that like actually it's like not reachable and actually it's whatever i'm not ready to talk about that but right now i'm just excited animations are cool and it's such a it's what i love to see like apple embracing constraints but like in fun ways and then all of a sudden you turn a potential like annoyance or nuisance or constraint into a feature anyway i was really excited about this and it's definitely like it was the start of the show like and alone in like four seconds into this uh dynamic island reveal i was like i'm gonna buy this no doubt like i cannot not get this phone so good job how did you feel about it yeah of course it's it's so cool like and it was awesome to see alan die uh talking about it and sharing that i think this is a nice surprise um to see like how they're you know leveraging this um i i also feel similarly to you as a designer i just saw this and it's like okay yeah i've got to get uh, i have to get this (laughs) like i have like you can't not get this like there's there's something magical about the blending of hardware and software in that way of mm-hmm. just that yeah that just feels unbelievably cool and uh i've seen some folks and I'll, I'll try to dig up the link for the show notes like walk through essentially frame by frame of these transitions so you see when there's like an extra uh, activity that's added the way the the extra circle gets out of the the island where it sort mm-hmm. of like morphs into its own circle like it's not just like a linear transition um the way when you do the vibration the entire notch shakes like there's so many little details and touches on this that it's absolutely incredible it's like the motion design on this i think more than anything else is just like a complete masterpiece um I'll try to find their name, but I actually, so I saw, I remember, do you remember the name of the person who was sort of like presenting the design for um, the the home indicator? The home button. Yes. So I saw that person retweet a tweet about this. And so, again, I have no information that, that guarantees that this is true, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same person who was involved in this. And admittedly there are probably like teams of people who work on this but it feels like it's coming from the same place of like the people who designed the home indicator and those fluid uh, gestures and interactions also designed this um which i think is just apple at its best basically like how they really pushed the boundaries for this 
I do. <laughs> it's interesting. So, uh, color me on the side of like I like this, and I think it's cool, and I'm definitely buying iPhone, the new iPhone, mostly because of this. Um, but we've all got to admit that it's it's a weird piece of UI, right? <laughs> like, do we all agree on that? That it's weird. Define weird. What do you mean? So, um, when you have a a timer going and you have a song going okay Mm -hmm. you now have this like long black bar permanently in your status bar okay and then there's just like the picture of the album art and just like a long line of nothingness and then the the circle next to it like you would never design the interface this way if there wasn't cameras in the middle (laughs) but you do right. because you're working around the the camera housing, um, right? Similarly to I think when there's a call, there's like on one side there's something, and then all the way on the other side they put something else because it's like kind of weird when you if you just had something one side. Like there's a mm. lot of things where basically every design that you create has to have this giant space in the middle. That's like really awkward. <laughs> I think. Uh, okay, sure. Like if you if you didn't have the cam- if you didn't know what that was, and you're just like why, if you just assumed or thought that was that was all screen, then yes. Yeah, like, like you would never leave that space <laughs> there. Um, right. And s- different kinds of interactions make more sense than than others. But like are also the um, the lock icon. Well, the lock icons now like over to the side like off center to the screen why because they can't put it in the middle because there's no screen in the middle so they kind of like just (laughs) put it to the side like everything has like this weird space in the middle or like when you get the airdrop uh, notification thing which i guess is a new thing like we've never had notifications for airdrop before Mm -hmm. um you see the text is bottom aligned to the (laughs) notification why (laughs) Because they can't put that text in the center because there's cameras and sensors up there. Like, that's what I mean by this UI is very weird. Like, it's, again, like, it's all, like, all working around this, like, huge compromise from a hardware perspective. And it's surely trying to make the best of it like for sure it's like swinging for the fences to be like no like look like this is great like you want this this is cool isn't it um but i can't help but think boy i can't wait until they narrow this down to just a single hole punch in the middle (laughs) right like this this whole design i think will function so much better with just a single camera dot in the middle because then you don't have that like fairly long stretch of space when there where yeah. there can be nothing like when it's just like a tiny little square or circle uh in the middle where you can't put stuff then i think a lot of things become like this feels more right or feels more at home it also like i also think that another thing that feels a little awkward about this is um It'll mean that most of the time you'll have a black bar that is larger than the notch would have been. And so, for example, in some cases, if you're if you're listening to music now, um, you won't see if you have Wi-Fi <laughs> because that bar will take up the space. 
and you is won't see the like all... yep uh, you will see your um your signal bars right from for your 5g or lte uh-huh. but the wi-fi symbol goes away <laughs> Right? Why? Because they're running out of space. Like, there's actually going to be less space in in the top bar when you have something going on there. And so, those are just the things that, for me, again, I think overall, this is cool. This is really interesting. I love the idea of embracing the the hardware and blending hardware mm-hmm. and software together. The animations, incredible. But I do still think that in that specific version of it because the notch is still so big that it feels like it's still a bit of a compromise. And I think, I, at least I'm hoping that we can get to a point where we have a single camera punch. And then I think a lot of these issues that I'm describing will go away. Yeah. Uh, it's this, yeah, this whole thing is a compromise. The whole notch is a compromise. And, and, and so it's not ideal. And if you were to design this without those compromises, yes, it's weird and makes no sense and clearly not ideal. Um, so because it's already a compromise, like these things feel like I'm okay with them because I know that you're designing around something you can't really control or whatever. So you're trying to make the best of the situation. Uh, <laughs> like the whole notch was a compromise for the, you know, for the longest time and still is. Um, this is still a compromise. I feel like we're getting better. Like we're getting more fun and we're getting more value out of that that hole <laughs> that 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 hole in the screen effectively than than the notch. Show title. <laughs> uh, and even like yeah, we can't see the Wi-Fi if I think it's like if you have music and like an, a separate uh, live activity. Another thing, like in this case, I see the timer example, uh, but but like. Yeah, but the alternative would be not have the music controls accessible, which I think I don't think I would prefer that. And and also, um, alternatively, a lot of this stuff during those animations is well, what do we do now? Which is like we render a separate pop up on top of your content that sure we can swipe away, but like it's also blocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like I, I'm okay with all of these compromises because I'm getting stuff in return. Um, and yes, I, I feel like ideally, ideally you wouldn't have a hole, right? You just screen because in screen you could do whatever. Like it's, you know, you can have total control. Um, right now we have the camera, which feels like it's not impossible, but like that's, it's going to be a really long time until we can make the, either the camera behind the screen or some kind of other technology to do that. Like the camera is going to be the last thing to go if we ever go full screen. Which is fine. Um, I, I just, like that's... <laughs> My point is not full screen. My point is is like I really hope like now um, I more than ever I want all of the other things other than the camera to go away, <laughs> right? Whereas right. whereas before I've been like ah you get used to the notch with the reduction of the iPhone 13 you're like okay I feel like I'm getting more space. I don't know like I there was no real incentive before for that space to be cleared because it's like what else are you going to put in there are you going to put extra space you're going to put the battery percentage i guess right um but now there now it feels like there is now it's like hey like you three uh 
I don't I, I kind of call them cameras. They're not cameras. I, I don't know how you call them. Like sensors. Three sensor dots. Like now, now you're getting in my way because now this space is valuable. <laughs> And so, I I I want your days. To be I was now. I, I was okay away. with you until you bottom aligned my text. How dare you! <laughs> now you're done. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's, it's so. Anyway, yeah, I think it's it's such an interesting design problem. Um, I yeah. truly cannot wait to play with it more. I really like the idea to have reachable sort of information and interface controls for for things that are going on on your phone at, at a given moment. Um, like, I think they have the example of, like, there's some sort of sports game and you can see the score up there. Uh, or, mm-hmm. yeah, you have the timer. You can get a sense of what the timer is. Or you can more easily, you know, hit skip on the song that you're listening to. Like, those things are super cool. And there's sort of an element there of ambient computing that this brings to life, I think, more more than ever before. Um, and I think and that's we'll, a good direction for us to go into. And I feel like we'll also appreciate this more once we're used to live activities. Uh, because like this is using the same thing. Like This is a live activity with a like compact mode, right? When you, I think when you expand it, is the live activity. Uh, and right now it's like live activities. Yeah, I heard about that in the keynote. Uh, that sounds cool. But I think once you get used to having that, like it makes sense that you would want that always, like accessible, visible. Like the whole point of a live activity. Let's pick the the sports uh, example. You want to keep track of the score, and so you can do that from your lock screen. That's great. But does that mean that once you open your phone, you can't keep track of the, the scores? Like yep. so, you want it to be locked? Like that? That makes no sense. So yeah. It, this is great to keep that experience consistent throughout you using your phone. Uh, I I can only think of like two things that I see a potential of like uh, not tainting, but like degrading the experience. Maybe um, two things. One is this whole thing is tappable. I'm assuming that like they're doing a bunch of like figuring out like taps around the thing and they can infer he probably taps on it tapping the thing like is everyone gonna take selfies with like greasy screens you know like lens (laughs) (laughs) of you tapping that area they already do do. (laughs) that's that's the right answer like you tapping that area like is it just gonna you be constantly like cleaning your screen around that time around that area i i know i do and i'll be extra careful not to tap on the on the camera (laughs) the lens but so that's one and the second most important i think one is i'd be curious to see in real life in practice under like direct sunlight will you be easily able to tell apart the actual like sensors and holes from the screen part if you will probably like from the website right now if i bump my brightness on my computer screen i can see i can tell there's like a slight difference and actually if you drag the image from like the browser you'll get the image with like the phone with the actual sensors cut out Mm -hmm. um which is interesting without having like a single pill shape so you have the two the two pills um so so that's one i feel like it can break the immersion a bit right because all of a sudden it won't look like this pill is shrinking and expanding. You just feel like, oh, there's 
pixels being rendered around it. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious to see um, how that looks. And again, this is like nitpicking. I'm, I'm just stoked about this. I think it's fun, <laughs> fun design. And uh, it's one of those things like Apple has uh, surprised me in a delightful way. Like, yeah, I didn't think of that. I think that's cute. That's cool. I wish I'd thought about that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. The the naming, though, the name of that feature is so unfortunate. Like, it's just Dynamic Island. Like Dynamic Island. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> remember that Apple never officially called the notch the notch no it was the, oh, was sensor it like the housing. housing sensor yeah, yeah housing. <laughs> whatever so uh, i feel like i would prefer that because if they said this is the housing sensor uh circle area i would be like okay we just call it a pill or whatever but because they call it the dynamic island like now we have to use that name even if it's just to mock it but, but yeah i mean how else are you gonna call it because they need something to distinguish it from the other notches Right, because if they just call it the island, housing. really, like I understand why I, I, I get I, it. So my guess is then really, it's like okay, pill, the dynamic pill. It's kind of weird. <laughs> and then how else are you going to call it? Uh, I mean, I feel like island is not the worst term to use here. Actually. Let me just say. Let me just say this: if you were to ask people, like, hey, name this area, this thing. No one would go to Ireland. No, right? they would call not. it a bunch of stuff, like cut out, hole punch, the the pill, the 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 hole, the whatever. Uh, I I understand why they didn't go with dynamic hole. <laughs> uh, so many shows that also, but but you know, but but Ireland, I don't know. I just feel like Ireland is just like oh, you're that, that's too much. It's- yeah, it, it's, it's being too a, cute. A, a, yeah, a bit cutesy, uh, but feels very Apple-y, actually. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. It all works out. All their their names are all weird, anyways. So, <laughs> um, so we, I mean, we did mention a bunch of things, and and especially things that I didn't even, I, I would have thought would have been the main features, which like I see a lot of people not even t- talking about. Always on display, right? Yep. It's like. It seems like it's a footnote in most people's videos or conversations. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty cool feature, I think. Like yeah. I can see how that can be useful. Um, especially, I don't know, maybe I have a weird edge case, but uh, I'm frequently in meetings. And uh, over my lunchtime, I always feel like as I'm finishing my my dinner, I always want to like check the time a couple times couple times to make sure that i get back to my desk in time for my next meeting and so being able mm-hmm. to just have my phone you know somewhere on the counter or on, or on, on the table be able to glance at a time easily without just like looking down at my watch pretty nice um and uh, also the camera so camera changes i think yeah. it's hard to tell Massive. I continue to have the gripe with Apple of just, I just need to see a before and after picture. Like (laughs) all of these, they all, all their pictures always look good. Like you could have shown that exact same picture last year and I would have believed you. Uh, So like, how do I know what the difference is? It's very, very hard to tell from their, uh, their keynotes, but I kind of take it at phase value I mean, with a lot of these things, often year over year, you, it's a bit harder to tell the differences. But I thought like this year was going to be a big jump. 
bigger than yeah. last year. Probably, like. probably. Um, but I know f- for me that like I, I so I used to use my my camera a lot, and just like something happened in the past two years, maybe where I've just stopped carrying the camera as much. And I went on a trip last weekend and I just brought both my camera and my phone just for fun to see. First, I gravitate towards my phone like way more often. But two, even when I took like basically the same picture with both my camera and my phone, most of the, of the time I end up preferring the picture I took on my phone. <laughs> like I actually feel Especially like... Especially if you're me, viewing them on your phone. Which is like, who isn't? <laughs> um, right. And so, yeah, like I feel like there's fewer and fewer areas where, at least for me personally, having my dedicated camera is necessary or even desirable that I just want whatever is the the best camera I can get on my, on my iPhone. And like you mentioned, this mm. does seem like... Of all the upgrades, like it seems like it would probably be a good one uh, to do. And the thing that got me really excited is getting a dedicated 2x button, which is a 12 megapixel crop over the like 48 megapixels. And so it yep. means you can get a 2x crop that has great quality um, and also a 3x that also has great quality. Um, and that just feels like the best of both worlds for me. Because, again, I, I, f- I don't really use the 3X lens a lot. Uh, most of the times it feels like it's zooming in too close, with the exception of concerts. When I'm in concerts, the 3X lens is amazing to have and gives you like that just that extra bit of zoom. And so this now gives you the best of both worlds, and so this seems really awesome. Okay, there's a lot, because you mentioned both the lock screen and the camera thing. So... Let's come back to the camera um, in a second. Just the the, the always on lock screen thing. Um, I we knew this was coming, right? As soon as we saw the lock screen widgets, we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I see what you're doing. Uh, I think this is this is really nicely done. I think they did they did more than I thought they would. I just thought that they would only show the time in in, in lock screen widgets, which mm. are already like tinted so we would only need to show them in white really um or just shades of gray but no they they keep the 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 subject the foreground part of your picture uh slightly muted and tinted but still there um so i think it looks better than i thought it would look Mm -hmm. the 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 always on right i think it still looks it's still customizable it's still your your lock screen still looks great but you know you just get less of it um i i'm this i would use this a lot because i uh most of the time my phone is mounted on my desk because i'm most of the time i'm at my desk and uh, it's facing me and right now it's just a black rectangle so i'll have some information some useful stuff uh there um i've i've never been uh put the phone face down on the table type of person uh, and to be fair, I, I I still own a 12 Pro, so not the 13 Pro when the cameras got real <laughs> bulky and real rocky. If you put it with a you know with a back on the on the table, um, but I could never I can never bring myself to like putting the face yeah. down because it feels like it's gonna get scratched, right? Yep. <laughs> but the face up, 
it's like now now it's Rocky Mountain over there. Like you know, with a with a big camera housing thing. Like this is just not cool. Um, so I think I was I was about to to go face down <laughs> as a person. Uh, but this one's like, ha ha! No, wait. Here's here's a new reason not to do that. Actually, because you might want to keep the the thing. Uh, I wonder if they'll do. I know there's like a, a couple modifiers you can add in your in your widgets to mark a piece of data as sensitive data, mm-hmm. and what it does is just redact it um, when the phone is locked. So I assume that's going to be the case here as well. So if you have your phone. Like the screen is on because it's always on, but it's not. It's still locked. I feel like they're probably going to censor some data if you, you know, if you if the developer marked is that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just trying to think what kind of useful stuff we'll get, or if it's just going to be like, well, everything's redacted and locked until you unlock your phone. Yeah, no, I think I, it would probably be the same as it is right now, right? So the weird one is the activity rings. <laughs> Are I guess considered uh, like private information, <laughs> um, so sure. those aren't displayed until you unlock. But um, for example, my calendar <laughs> isn't. <laughs> so, like these, yeah, these things are a little weird. But but for me, I mean, honestly, any widget that I put on my lock screen, I kind of don't care <laughs> that it's visible. Sure. Um, as long as you you don't have any access to do anything, um, then I'm pretty much fine with it. Thinking about that, I've been designing these widgets, and um, especially for my app, and where I have a string that says "last boob." <laughs> I feel like that you probably don't want people to glance and whatever. Um, <laughs> any thoughts anyway, on the camera cool. system? Yeah. Uh, well, I think I have the opposite experience with my camera and my phone, um, I can definitely tell. Uh, <laughs> like, I would I would never prefer a phone photo over my camera fo- photo. Uh, of course, I don't bring my camera everywhere. It's still an extra thing you have to carry and think about and whatever. So most photos are still taken with my phone, for sure. Um, so I don't think this is going to really change how I feel about that or how much I use my my camera camera. Uh, so my camera has a 47.3 megapixel full frame sensor. So it's pretty, okay, similar. <laughs> um, and I, I have to say that like the one thing that this allows or how it changes how I take photos is that with my camera camera, I, I, I started framing my photos very differently. I framed them mm-hmm. with a crop in mind. Interesting. So I always go wider than I would, uh, right? Just to have that option to reframe it slightly. And then I do, then I just frame it. Sometimes I like, I punch it in real <laughs> close. Because <laughs> uh, I just have all of these extra megapixels in resolution that the photos will still look good, even if you crop it real, real tight. Now, I know they're doing the quad quad pixel thing here, so it's not really like you're going to have the full. I mean, I guess if you're shooting raw or pro raw, you could. But anyway, I think these pixels are still like way smaller than the ones for, that my camera is capturing. Just the, the the sheer difference in the size of the sensor, uh, so you can't really fight physics. But I wonder if if it would allow for like just 
more creative crops in your photos if you're taking pictures with your main camera because that that could be cool like i i've i'll never forget i watched i think uh, this is kind of random but i thought the you know the the um, what do i call it like apple store like sessions or what do they call those today at apple like today at apple yeah today at apple sessions anyway they had one about like creative photos or whatever whatever just take photos in a creative different way mm. and they were just like just so creative so many, so many creative framing of photos that i would never consider or think just like get real close or really far from your right. subject and like weird angles and that has just been i've been trying to be a bit more creative with my framing um and i anyway i wonder if this this the main camera this bigger uh sensor if that that allow for more creative uh, crops anyway i think i've been repeating myself for a while but it's, it's good uh, i again i'm i'm still rocking your 12 pro so this i'll it'll be a two-year jump um hopefully it'll be noticeable oh for uh, sure <laughs> you will <laughs> you will see the the promotion once mm. you go promotion oh yeah that's there's true no going back <laughs> i've forgotten I, about that i, I can guarantee yeah. you that 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 was worth the upgrade last year alone <laughs> interesting yeah so. okay yeah looking forward to that and also uh do you do you use uh the portrait mode for for videos i forget the name no uh, cinematic, mode cinematic mode at all i've tried it a couple times i just don't like the way that it looks <laughs> um, yeah it's fair enough it i mean and i'm kind of that way with the portrait mode as well Although sometimes you can get it to look right, very rarely, but sometimes you can. Mm -hmm. I feel like with video, things always end up just lo looking like a blurry mess. <laughs> uh, I just, I just. Don't it feels like the bokeh is just too intense. Yeah. So it's not it's realistic. Just, yeah, it's just too much. Okay, but I've been, yeah. Anyway, willing to give it a shot. What are you saying? Just, I'm just, I'm curious to try it. Yeah. As someone who still can't, but. uh Yeah, I mean, the, also, I don't have a 3X zoom, right? So I've, I've heard from a lot of people that 3X is a bit too much. So I still have my 2X. Mm. Um, so I guess for me, going from this phone to the to the 14 is like, and now I have a 3X. Like, that's the new thing for me, and that's <laughs> yeah. two. Um, but yeah, it's cameras seem great. They're, they're, they're good at this. Like, <laughs> they're good at their cameras. <laughs> um, yeah. Nice. Is that it? Well, what else is there? Uh, the car crash detection. Cool. I hope I never use it. Um, the satellite thing. Cool. I can't use it. Um, the the eSIM thing. Like they're getting rid of the SIM card tray. Cool. That's that won't apply to me. I think that's a U.S. only, or maybe North America only. Yeah, that that's for sure. Clear. The European they said thing. U.S. only, but I'm like. Hmm. Are they just saying this? Like, is that also going to apply to us or not? Um, I it's like maybe not. I, I yeah. feel like they have to they have to work on the deals with the carriers to make sure yeah. the carriers can can support that. Do, and maybe they yeah, because I do feel like a, a lot of carriers here probably do offer eSIM as well. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it definitely has to happen at some point. Dealing with SIMs sucks. But it's also like gives you a, an element of freedom. Of mm -hmm. I just I don't know. Maybe I'm like old school in that way. But it's like I just know that I can 
take it out of my phone, put it in the new phone, and it's just going to work. Like, there's no connection and to also, something. And like, 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 and also just land at an airport, go to the little kiosk in the corner, buy a SIM card with some data in it, and boom. Yeah, although I saw you know? someone recommend there's apparently there's some apps that you can get on the App Store. Um, one of them, I haven't tried it, but some, the one that they recommended was Aralo. Air, I'm not sure how you pronounce okay. it. but So it's just an app, and then it gives you a list of a bunch of countries, um, and then you tap into the country, and you can buy directly through the app an eSIM. So, for example, for the U.S., I can get a gigabyte of data for seven days for um, $4.5, for example. So I can buy it in the app, and it'll set up the eSIM automatically on my phone for me. How? Is there an API? I don't don't know. Is there a QR code? Okay. I haven't gone through this, but apparently like, some people have done this, and they say that it's amazing. Um, and so if that's to know. the the equivalent of like I show up somewhere, I just like load up the app and then I just, you know, uh, get the eSIM added. It's like, great. That's amazing. That's that's better than, than having the, the real SIM. It's just that just you have to sure do that before you leave your country. Yeah. Otherwise, you won't have data to download the app. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's again, we need to go through that transition, right? To get to the point where yeah. we're like, okay, this is established, we trust it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I saw some people on the internet sort of make the headphone jack argument of not having the the SIM card is worse than having one because it's, you know, one less thing that you have. Um, I do think that the the SIM card takes a lot of space into that phone mm-hmm. and that that space could be used for something valuable. Um, so 10 I, more I, minutes I, better real life. So I, I may, uh, well, probably <laughs> more than that actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, so I do think there's, there's something valuable in them removing the SIM card. Like it's something that I think we should want as users. The problem is this entire point falls apart if that's only for the U.S. models, because <laughs> right? they still got to make a phone. Unless they're like, okay, yeah. my Canadian phone has less battery than than your U.S. phone, but I don't think that's the case. So it seems like right now, I've, the new iPhone 14 that you buy in the U.S. have an empty space. Like it will be interesting to see, you know, when they they do the teardowns and Wasn't- open it. Didn't they do this with the first Verizon iPhone 4 where it didn't have a SIM card? Oh, I don't know about that. Tray? It was just eSIM for Verizon specifically or something? I do I'm, not know I'm pretty sure that. there's a precedent for this. But yeah, but it's what he's saying. It's like a transition period. I wouldn't be surprised if next year all iPhone 15 models don't, they're, yeah. they're eSIM exclusive. I, I have to say, I my main phone line is an eSIM. I... I have a dual SIM, so I have mm. a physical SIM card with my old Portuguese number. Um, and then I have my Dutch number as an eSIM. Hmm. And I never felt like a difference in use. <laughs> it was just, I guess, yeah, I guess there's nothing in there. What is um, the experience to transfer over to a new phone? Uh, I'm trying to think if I ever did that. I don't, th- I don't think I done that i think this is the first dual sim phone i've tried 
So I'll let you know in a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, it just seamlessly transfers it, and again makes another part of the experience that was not necessarily the greatest before, like mm-hmm. way better. Um, yeah, I mean, just having to find a paperclip or you know the sim ejector tool—that's always annoying. I'm so I'll be happy that I don't have to do that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I have two more things to say about this phone, a good and a bad one. Let's start with the good, uh, the colors. Um, there's this, now we have so many options of different tones of gray. Uh, we have a gold gray. We have a purple gray. Uh, <laughs> we have a white and gray. And we have a darker gray. <laughs> uh, I don't think these colors look good, I have to say. But I'm happy that the the previously called graphite, it's now space black, mm-hmm. not space gray, still space. You can see the space in it, um, but it's slightly darker than last year's. So someone who is incredibly boring, you always know, got the closest to black phone there is. Uh, I'm happy that it's getting darker, <laughs> closer to black. Uh, I think really the jet black was the only true black phone, mm-hmm. uh, super shiny one. But but yeah, and I never owned that one. So I'm really hoping that uh, that they will make a titanium phone soon. I think that would be really cool. What's the downside? Is it, you know? Do you know? What's the, is it softer or scratch resistant? No, I mean, I mean they made the Apple Watch Ultra. <laughs> Just supposed to be really tough yeah. in titanium. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they can make it really polished in the same way that they do stainless steel because at least they haven't done that so far. Uh, and mm-hmm. the advantage is titanium is lighter than stainless steel. Right. So these phones are getting heavier. Yeah. And heavier. And they're heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that would be really nice. Um, what do you think of the colors in general? I really don't like the deep purple. <laughs> just doesn't just doesn't look good to me. Even if in Apple's shots and even looking at in the hands-on, just does. I mean, it's, it's not just deep. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks gray, basically like dark gray mm-hmm. most of the time. And then you know when you look at it on the side, you're like, oh, yeah, it looks sort of purple. But I actually, it's like if you want a phone that looks this color, I feel like you kind of don't want the purple reflection mm-hmm. i don't know like i think they could have made a cool looking purple phone but this just isn't it for me <laughs> my opinion mm-hmm. uh and similarly to you i'm kind of boring and tend to get the black one and so i'm excited that i will get a blacker phone um <laughs> and the other thing too actually that i've been thinking about is i've been considering this year maybe getting another color because i'm like okay this is gonna be like the, what the three or four fourth year in a row that i get basically like an identical looking phone Mm -hmm. i'm like oh maybe i should maybe i should get another color um just to make it different and to you know (laughs) just to see that i'm using a a, you know different (laughs) spice things up yeah spice spice it up up a little bit uh and now i'm glad that i don't have to (laughs) Yes, that's the the black one is is different from oh, okay. the one I have, so I can I can just do that. So this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat. I think if it was these exact like graphite or space gray, I, I probably would pick the silver. Mm-hmm. I have to say though, the one thing that that uh, turns me off on the silver, it's not 
really that that like white back i think that's that's kind of fine i think it said the 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 stainless steel thing like around it's so shiny Mm -hmm. it's so shiny that i don't really like so like you i i also actually like so i saw that the the 13 pro black is called graphite and yeah it's pretty much gray light gray even um and i saw comparison shots of the 13 pro graphite with the 14 pro space black and like yeah all right that's that's a noticeable difference it's clearly the darker but for a moment i was like wait but did the 13 pro got lighter than the 12 pro like how does it compare to the 12 mm. pro which is the one i have with a 14 pro because i don't remember this being called graphite was it space gray i don't know anyway so actually this morning i went to the apple store and just compared my 12 pro with the 13 pro to make sure that mine wasn't darker right uh it's not it feels like it felt it was exactly exactly yeah so um i'm gonna go with yeah because i had the 11 um, before in graphite as well and it was it literally the same color it's the same so it's not a good color i i I have to say that like my my whole like trying to be consistent with my ecosystem of apple products uh it feels like the color way to go is the aluminum and black combo right that's what you have on <laughs> yeah xdr display it started with a with a mac pro and it's what i have in the laptops it's uh, what i turn my airpods max into that's that's the combo it's what i hope one day i'll get the the accessories the keyboard and stuff to match uh, but on the phone that's not really an option like i wouldn't get an aluminum like silver with black like that, that's not that doesn't exist mm-hmm. um so my phone has to break the pattern, break the consistency, which is unfortunate. Uh, I don't know if I would like. I guess the only phone, iPhone, that would fit this would be the original iPhone. It's perfect. It's yeah. the same. It's black and, and aluminum. Um, so maybe maybe one day we'll get the like 20-year anniversary iPhone callback. <laughs> we'll have a model, a special edition model. Maybe <laughs> one day. Maybe one day. That'd be great. I actually feel like again that titanium iPhone may look that would, fairly that would close put it to close. that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll wait next year. Uh, I, have, I have one bad thing about this. It'll look great with your uh, your Apple Watch Ultra too. <laughs> Damn it, Kevin. Uh, uh, one bad thing about this phone. A lot of people were speculating, and there were rumors that that Apple would introduce a price hike price increase of i think they were saying 100 bucks for all models i heard you say just inflation <laughs> yeah here we go wait uh but they kept the same price uh it's still i think the pro starts at what is it nine nine hundred and nine ninety nine whatever um so that's not yeah nine 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 so that's that that was nice that was a that was that was a good good news but uh not in europe um in europe you know the euro has been um it's been fluctuating and prices in europe even though the euro was more valuable than the dollar stuff here let's say if the iphone was 9.99 let's just round it up if an iphone was a thousand us dollars it would be like 1200 euros Mm. which would make it to like i don't know 15 a hundred dollars, whatever. It was always way more expensive. Um, 
Because if you just do like, all right, it's a thousand dollars, it'll be a thousand euros. That it's already more expensive just by that conversion. Uh, but it was already even more expensive on top of that. This year, shit got even more expensive. Like here, like it's really bad. Like the phone I'm gonna buy costs fifteen hundred euros. Like that's yeah, that's almost like two thirds more <laughs> than if I were to buy it in the U.S. and and like there's not a lot of new features in this phone um it's you know there's not a lot of new features but one of the new features is the whole satellite thing which guess what it's not even available here Mm -hmm. so i'm paying more and i'm getting less than if i were to buy it in the u.s it's just it feels it doesn't feel good it's like damn it's this is really bad it's really expensive uh same with watches and stuff so so anyway, it's yeah. I I'm not buying. So I guess we can segue into what we're getting. I'm getting the I'm getting the phone, the 14 Pro, the regular size. I I did wonder, like I did consider getting uh, the Max because, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like I, I guess I don't prefer it, but then I eventually get bored. I remember when I had my first plus sized phone. I think it was yeah. a seven plus, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the first with the two the dual lens camera system yes yes so that was like a big incentive to get the the big one um and i re- like i used it i enjoyed it and then i only went back with the iphone 10 which is like well you're getting a smaller phone but you keep the same screen size so it felt like it wasn't really a compromise so anyway all this to say that the last time that i went for a bigger sized phone i enjoyed it i liked it even though yes it was a bit too big and unwieldy so anyway every yeah. every year i'm like should i get the max like uh, i'm sure i'm gonna enjoy the extra screen size but, yeah. but no i'm not ready it's still too much yeah. every time um, i see one i'm like i want one uh, this big mm. screen looks so good and it's amazing and then i try to use it i'm like okay no my hands just aren't <laughs> big enough for this mm-hmm. <laughs> um and i yeah. think for if I have to guess, the difference between that and the um, Plus phone that I also used to have is um, that iPhone was so much thinner, so much lighter. And also, it had a top bar and a bottom bar. And so right. you didn't have to extend, like the reach that your finger had to travel up and down was so much less than it is now. You can argue that today there's more UI that's at the bottom than there used to sure. be, so it's a little bit easier. But I still find it too unwieldy, and so I, it's like I would love to be able to use it because you get more battery life, you get a bigger screen, which is nice. Like I always want to get yeah. the biggest screen that I can get. Um, but this is really a case where like the f- physics of my hands just can't really work with that device. Maybe one day I'll get a I'll get a max size phone for like my at home phone, and then I'll get a regular yeah. one for like when I leave the house phone. <laughs> yeah, basically. that's a life. But hey, with the max, I assume the dynamic island is going to be smaller proportionally, right? Right. So we'll probably have more stuff. It probably won't hide your Wi Fi signal when that you is get, true <laughs> when you play hmm. music. That's the thing I didn't consider. I know. Yeah. So there you go. Maybe that. Maybe that's the reason. If the dynamic island was the reason we were getting this phone in the first place, a proportionally smaller dynamic island is the reason why we would get the the max. Anyway, so I'm getting uh, the the regular Pro Space Black uh, 256, which is the size I have today, and 
I've never gotten an alert saying I ran out of space. So I think I'm okay. Yep. Doing the exact same order. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, and it's a pre-order tomorrow. So we'll try to get on the on launch day. That'd be nice. I, I've seen that you can now like just effectively pre pre pre-order your phone. Just like put everything ready, and okay. then you just need to. I meant to ask you about this because I've been seeing people do this on Twitter like all day long. Basically, how do you do this? <laughs> I don't I see don't it in the app at all. I'm not going to do this because it's a long story, actually, that I don't have time to go into. Okay. But like, I can't use my Apple IDs to buy stuff from the Apple Store because I can't use uh, my is it a US payment ID? debit card. No, like uh, my okay. that that also. I have to use my the one I use for my developer account. Whatever. It's like uh, it's messy. So I need to check out as a guest so i can use my like payment method whatever and also my apple the apple store app is like it's very it's getting weird with apple ids it's like no 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 this is your icloud id this is it like no 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 can i log out and like log in with the different one like ah. and everything is in dutch because i'm in the netherlands and i don't anyway i can't use that app mm. so i'll do the i'll do it the the old school way of hitting refresh and then <laughs> panicking and then <laughs> going through the checkout process and uh, praying. So it would be nice. Nice. Uh, cool. Well, good uh, luck to you and good luck to all too. of our, our listeners. Um, the thing that I'm still wondering is if I should do a um, like trade-in, use a trade-in program, or if I should, I should try to sell it. I often mm-hmm. last year I ended up doing the trade-in program because I was just like I can't be bothered with this and COVID, <laughs> and this mm-hmm. year I'm like right. I don't know, so I'm still not sure. I don't know what you're doing or if you're doing the the hand-me-down chain. <laughs> to some, some yeah, time I like. have a the, yeah my family, a lot of family members. So this this chain goes deep. <laughs> <laughs> like if I hand down one phone, six phones get get hand down. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. it just goes down the ladder. The so effect. there's like, yeah, there's like six people who like get a new phone and they're happy about it. So <laughs> I can't nice. break that that chain. Sorry. Yeah, I'll just do that. Um, I think my my mom is still. I think my mom is still on my old seven plus. Speaking of which, <laughs> no, that can't be. Really? Maybe. It's old. Yeah. Anyway, because my last hand-me-down went to my sister. I just took my sister right. and my mom. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm not getting a watch. I, I was pretty convinced I was good, just ordering a new what, uh, Series 8 because I skipped last year. And I felt like, you know, yeah, it's time. Uh, every other year, that sounds right. And then by texting you for a second, you're like, why? Like, it's, why? It's the same. I'm like, yeah, but also for the first time, I feel like I say this every year but this year is the first time that there's going to be a cellular apple watch model in the netherlands mm. finally so that means not just that i can get the cellular model that i actually don't want uh but that means that i can buy a stainless steel one now mm. um finally so that opened up just more options and more things to think about um it's like more money speaking of of things that you will never see the difference <laughs> For. <laughs> right i have cellular um, i have used it zero times like on this watch it's like i'm not interested in cellular like i've yeah i've heard from enough people just like yeah this is a waste of money like i'd never use yeah. that 
um, for me, it's more of like going from aluminum to stainless steel. It would be another yeah, thing nice. to make it feel new. Um, but yeah, to, but after chatting with you for a second, texting back and forth, I'm like, yeah, maybe there's absolutely no point. And even if I did want to go, so if I go to with the aluminum, it's the same watch. It's not really worth it. Well, why are you doing that? If you go to stainless steel, like it's 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 so much more expensive. Like it's really not worth it. So it just feels like not worth an upgrade, really. Yeah. No matter how you you put it. Um, the one exception is the ultra. Like if I were to be interested in there going the go. ultra route, there's enough new stuff about that watch that I feel like would warrant an yep. upgrade. But I today I feel like I I don't think I would want one. I think it's too unwieldy for just everyday use and especially for sleep tracking and stuff. Um, but I'm still be I'm so I didn't pre-order anyone like any any watch. But I'm gonna wait until they're out in the store so I can try one on and see how it looks on my wrist. If it's just too chunky and ridiculous, yeah. or if it's actually if it's nice and looks good, we'll see. So to be continued on that one. Nice. But so the only yeah, thing I'm buying same. Really it could is be the, an impulse purchase. <laughs> could be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad that you're that you're waiting here because it's just like you're really not going to see any difference here with the watch. I think you're you're better off waiting for a year where there is a thing that you want that you're like okay that's like a new thing because you mentioned oh it'd be nice to have the bigger screen which I agree that it would be nice but you didn't buy it last year when it got the bigger screen. <laughs> You didn't. Yep. You did. You didn't care about it enough then, and so why do you care about it now? And then there's not really anything new this year that is compelling for you, really. With I can't watch. even track my ovulation cycles. Yeah, what a shame. <laughs> oh, so yeah. hopefully next year you'll, that's, you'll get that's the right thing to do. You'll be happy yeah. to get the bigger screen and that whatever new feature they add that year. That's a wise thing to do uh okay well i want to talk to you about the what you're doing for the launch of ios 16 now i'm wondering if we should just save that for the post launch yeah of we can iOS save 16 it and talk about let's talk about it on the show because uh, so just spoilers and teaser for the next episode both uh you and i have been at work uh for to to ship an update for ios 16 you for your app until me for my app booby track um so I I want to chat about that because it's been it's been a while right here. Yeah, let, let's talk about it. I've also been getting some some user feedback about my app, and nice. I'm in an, a tricky spot where some people are asking for something, and I don't know exactly what's the best way to give it to them. <laughs> and am I in order to please X percentage of users? Am I going to piss off? another x percent of users uh and then Uh is the the cop out to like just give people a setting and let them (laughs) pick what they want oh no i'm like (laughs) i kind of don't want that either um Mm -hmm. so i yeah i'm still processing through all of my thoughts on this so well it, i think it'll process it'll be fast because submissions are open now no i think that, <laughs> that'll be submit. the next i think that'll be the next okay okay i'm not gonna try to make it in um i'll just leave it at this i have to i have to work on a degraded version of my app because there are features that i have, I have ready that are just still broken mm. in the in this release candidate build 
So I'm going to have to take them out because they're broken. Um, so that's been fun. Uh, anyway, okay, let's talk about it next week. Uh, should we do recommendations before we go? Yeah, let's do it. As usual. All right, I'll go first because okay. I have it ready. Uh, I'm going to recommend a show on Disney Plus, and it's called Light and Magic. And it's a documentary series on the Industrial Light and Magic Company, if you do not know, like, you know, ILM. If you're not, if you don't know what that is, it's a it's a it's a visual effects company uh, started created by George Lucas when they were doing the first Star Wars. Effectively, like there were no company that could do the special effects they wanted to do, so they had like build their own company to do that. And since then, they've become they became like the the industry leaders in anything like visual effects. They worked not only on Star Wars but then Jurassic Park and then uh, you know. Pretty much everything today is done by ILM. In uh, this documentary, I think it's like four or five episodes. Uh, it's about like the start of that company. Like you see them behind the scenes, and I'm surprised at how much footage there is of, of that time. And also interviews with a bunch of people from today and stuff. But wow, so fascinating uh, to see this crew. It really felt like a magical time and place in history. Like the right people in the right spot, right time. Just created so many iconic things that are part of culture in our species right like jurassic park and star wars like that's part of our history you know that's it you can't really you can't deny that so it's so fascinating to see this um so if you're a fan of just behind the scenes and how they do stuff and i think one of my favorite uh episodes and stories uh, of course, uh, the, everything about Star Wars was fascinating, but I knew a lot of that already, right? So it was not all like new stuff that I've learned, but it was still fun to watch. But how they went about to do the computer, like CGI for Jurassic Park, mm. that was, I think, one of my favorite little stories. And I don't want to spoil the thing, but effectively, like when they started production of Jurassic Park, at the time the way to do this would be stop motion. You would just build the models and you would do stop motion for all these like monsters type of thing. Um, because computer graphics was still too early. And they, at that point they haven't done a fully CGI rendered creature, right? Like for more than like a second or two, uh, especially like organic creatures. So they've done like ghosts and like stuff that it's, I think easier to pull off with computers and like mm. something that should feel alive and real um anyway so they were like really well into development and they had all the a lot of props and a lot of the models done and they started shooting a bunch of the stop motion uh tests scene and whatever and then you had this little computer department and they kind of went rogue they kind of were like <laughs> we know we can do this better like we know we can do this better and it's going to look better and we can do more like if it's a computer thing you can do more stuff than you can uh, when it's stop motion. So they kind of went rogue and like, I'm just going to do this. Like, uh, no one is telling me to do this. No one allows me to do this, but I'm, we're just going to work on this thing. And so they started working on animating a T-Rex. And they would do stuff like when they knew like the Steven Spielberg crew and like some of the, the, the some of the crew was in, in-house, like in the studio, they would just like put little scenes like, playing on the on the screens and like pretending like they didn't know who was there <laughs> and so like people from like steven spielberg would be walking around the, the hallways of ilm and they were like look at like a little t-rex being animated 
and it was stopped like hey what what's that like what are you doing and they were like oh what this oh well, that's just nothing we're just playing around uh and that's how like they, they planted the seeds of like actually why don't we give a shot to these to these to these guys in the basement doing computer stuff <laughs> um and effectively it all culminated in the story where they finally rendered like a like a i don't know i think it was like a five second scene fully cg t-rex moving around um and then they had the viewing test with steven spielberg with george lucas and all of them everyone that was working on the film watched this test in the like in the in the cinema room whatever and from everyone involved they said it was a transformative experience Mm. like it was overwhelmingly emotional like it was the first time they saw that that dinosaur and it felt real and from that moment it was obvious to everyone who was in that room like this is going to change everything this is how we're going to make movies from now on like this is the future like it, it, it was a complete like leap in what was possible and whatever I guess I said I wasn't going to spoil that episode. I think I guess uh, I did, but go watch the show if you're into this type of stuff. It was amazing. Um, it's on Disney Plus, and I'll put sh- uh, links in the show notes. But links don't really work on Apple TV, so just go on Disney Plus <laughs> and search for Light and Magic. Nice, yeah, Kevin. that's great. I've started watching it too. I've uh, been thoroughly enjoying it. I nice. feel like it. I've watched this already. <laughs> like four or five times <laughs> yeah. it's uh, i feel like everyone in a creative field should aspire to have their work as well documented <laughs> as star wars and ilm it just feels like yeah. year after Seriously. year uh there's always another documentary that they <laughs> somehow create about about what they've done and every time Who i'm knew? like you know what sure i'll watch this it's <laughs> gonna <This is laughs> yeah. be interesting <laughs> Uh, who never knew get that, tired like, of it. One of the things more well documented was like people who worked in movies. Yes, you know, they, exactly. They already have cameras everywhere, so might as well just record everything. Yep, yeah. yep, 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 exactly, exactly. But it does. You're not going to see a documentary I mean, about this think, about though. the making of the iPhone. But that's what I would like to see, right? Like that would be so yeah. good to see that. I mean, and even I mean, obviously, probably people aren't aren't as interested about the stuff that I do, but. Um, even like I think there'd be something so interesting to do something like that for you know any of the work that we do in product teams like there's so many stories that go untold behind a lot of the products that people use like I mean they could do a documentary about the you know the history of Instagram for example like you know what were the early yeah. days like and how you know some of the stuff that they did the innovations that they created like I think there's lots more documentaries that could be created about that sort of like creative work that we do as designers and developers and software makers um so hopefully we see more of that but yeah it's it's a very good recommendation i've i've only watched i think the first or second episode um but uh yeah highly recommend as well um so the thing i want to recommend is something I've actually only learned about today, actually. Um, And uh, it was tweeted by Chris Goyer from CSS Tricks. He was breaking down the new website that they created to remember Steve. By that, I mean Steve Jobs. Oh, they've done that? Um, Yeah. It's like something that they've, they've announced, like it's a partnership between Johnny Ive... Tim Cook and uh, Lorraine right. Powell Jobs. 
Um, I don't have the link in front of me, but I'll find it for the for the show notes. Um, and so Chris was analyzing some of the details on how the website is built and all that. And one of the things that he mentioned that caught my attention is that they are using the new CSS reset. I was like, huh, what is that? Um, so it turns out this is something that uh, someone on the internet, I guess, created this up-to-date reset for CSS. So what is a CSS reset? So basically every browser renders has de- different, slightly different default styles for the standard elements. Um, and a lot of the times these things are kind of frustrating as a developer because one, they're not the same across browsers. And so if you rely on them, you may not realize that, oh, this random browser actually doesn't <laughs> apply the style in the same way. Um, so it's annoying for that. And two, a lot of times you don't want these defaults. Like I don't want a, a margin around the, you know, top, the top and bottom of, of a heading or whatever. And so there ends up being a lot of things that you kind of need to, to reset when you're actually writing that, writing your, your CSS. And so what this does is it's trying to give you as clean a slate as possible uh, before you then just add your own CSS. And so it's kind of like resetting everything back to what as plain a default as possible so that you can then apply your own styles on top of that. Um, and it's leveraging a bunch of new properties in CSS. And it's, it's kind of interesting how I've, I feel like I've not kept up with the advent, all of the advancements in CSS where there's like an all property that you can use that will and then you can pass it like um, either unset revert or i think there's another new one but basically you can say hey for this element reset all of the properties back to their defaults it's like wow like that's amazing we used to have to pass literally every single like every single property margin zero border none background yeah (laughs) yeah um so this is way better um and it's much smaller in size. Uh, and so it's pretty interesting. I am definitely interested in using this in future projects that I may take. But, um, sorry, could you say that? Again? Oh my God. Did you hear this? <laughs> yeah. my, Siri. Go home, Siri. Watch. Um, okay. But even if you're not necessarily just like interested in using the the CSS reset. There's also an article uh, that the person wrote along with this that mm. talks about a little bit of the process and what these new properties are and how they enable a couple of interesting things. And it's a really good read. And so I wanted to to recommend it because if I didn't see this tweet, I would have not known about this. Uh, and it's just fun and interesting to see how CSS is evolving uh, over the years. So, yeah. Well, I didn't see the tweet and I didn't know about this, so I'm glad you brought it up. This is good. <laughs> good stuff. I'm definitely going to use it. Uh, cool. All right. Well, another show. This one is a fun one. Uh, another week, another show. We'll, we can You can follow us on Twitter at LayoutFM. I am at Rafa Hari. Kevin is at Vernal Kick. You can find the show notes, links to sponsor us if you want. Uh, all that on our website that's layout.fm and our huge thanks once again to Zeppelin for coming back and sponsoring Layout we love him Uh, go check him out at zeppelin.io and we'll talk to you on the next one boom (laughs) that's goodbye in touch